Welcome to A Life Invested, a podcast dedicated to helping you create the lifestyle of your dreams by investing in people, assets, and yourself. I'm your host, Roger Comstock. All right, my friends. Well, welcome back to A Life Invested. I am very, very thankful to have an absolutely exceptional individual on the show today. We've got Casey Ba joining us. Casey is an active investor, operator, board member, and advisor. This guy has accomplished so many things in his life. Very impressive individual and looking forward to learning from him. During his 13-year tenure at Vivint, Casey played a critical role in sales leadership, helping grow revenue from $30 million to $1 billion plus, leading to a control investment by Blackstone and successfully transitioning the company from a private company to a public company. He's the co-founder and managing partner of Sandlot Partners, a private investment firm that partners with exceptional founders and management owners. Uh, they provide them with growth capital, strategic guidance, and or partial liquidity. Sandlot Investors includes leading family offices, founders, uh, partners at other PE funds, and strategic HNW individuals. As general partner and co-founder of Manufactured Housing Investment Group and Asset Management Platform Vineyards Group, uh, slash Oz Impact Funds, Casey and his team have provided affordable housing to over 50,000 people while deploying $1 billion plus across 80 uh, multifamily homes uh, communities in 19 states or mobile home communities in 19 states. You'll have to tell us more about that. Uh, Casey is also a co-founder and co-owner of Greenlight Restaurant Group, which invests in and helps build exceptional multi-unit franchise concepts uh, like Cutbop and select full-service restaurants. Uh, you guys may have heard of these like Pizzeria 712, Station 22, Communal, Black Sheep, Cafe, Five Star Barbecue, Bandera Barbecue, um, restaurants like that. Uh, as an active early stage and growth investor, Casey has advised and invested in several successful operating companies, including Pura Fragrances, Dental Intelligence, DiviPay, Breeze Airways, Gab, and ClickLease. Uh, impressive portfolio of companies that he's been able to help. Casey is regularly sought out by young professionals and students for his ability to mentor and help them navigate and optimize their own career path and enjoys teaching entrepreneurship as an adjunct professor at BYU to undergraduate students. Good grief, man. That is incredible. Casey Ba, welcome to the show, man. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for hey, being here. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Hey, you bet, man. You bet. First and foremost, I want to make sure that individuals that are listening have the ability to get as much value uh, from this experience as possible and learn from you as much as they can. Where's the best place for people to follow along in what you're currently doing? I mean, I wish I could say I had like a good place for people to follow along. I'm, you know, I, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I'm not kind of crazy active on social. And so, you know, this is about as, <laughs> this is about as, much access as people are going to get. Well, man, I, I think everybody that's listening um, will come away a much, much better person because of what you have to share. And I, I think everyone will feel grateful for learning from your experiences. Uh, you're, you're truly a legend in what you've been able to do and accomplish, especially in such a short period of time. And so I want to hear a little bit about that. Um, how would an individual begin to create the lifestyle that you've been able to build? Um, you know, all, all I can speak of is from personal experience. And I, you know, I, when, when I think about for me, like kind of the one denominator that has got me to this point, I, I would say, you know, it's kind of this unquenchable fire or drive to go accomplish my potential to, to go kind of be what God put me on the earth to go be. 
And I, and I think, you know, you start wherever you're starting, you're, you're starting from zero, you're starting from one, you know, you're, you, and so you can only build off success. You can only build off of where you're at. And so I think everybody looks at, you know, anybody who has a level of success and all of us, you know, we've got mentors, we've got people we look up to and you, you look at the end result and you don't see the grind that it, that it took to get there. And so I think, you know, for me, when I, when I look back at kind of the starting point and I still, I still feel, you know, I'm on the journey. I'm not, I haven't arrived. I'm not there. I'm, I'm, I'm on the journey. Um, but I've traveled some miles on the journey. And, and so I think it's just having that mentality that one, you know, the first principle is it takes 10,000 hours to be expert at anything. You know, this kind of famous, famous uh, principle made famous by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, but, you know, having that mentality that I can't be expert until I put 10,000 hours into it gives you the proper perspective to say, I'm at hour number 15, or I'm at hour number 30, or I'm at hour number 200. And it's, it's more about direction than it is destination. It's, am I on the right track? If I, if I stay on this track and I fast forward a year or two years or five years, is that going to get me to where I want to go, you know, or, or not? And I think it, it's actually easy when, when all of us sit down, we go through kind of the things that actually matter in life. There's not many things that matter, but there's, you know, six, seven things that matter. You know, your intimate relationship, you know, your relationships with friends and family, you know, for me, being a dad, it, it matters a lot, you know, managing your business, managing your finances, your spirituality, your connection with God or your creator, whatever gives you passion or meaning in life, you know, th those are kind of the categories that actually matter. And then saying directionally, am I on the right path? You know, it's not about where you're at today. It's if I keep doing what I'm doing, these habits that I've implemented in my life, are they going to get me to where I want to be in these categories? And, you know, I think all of us could either say yes or no, you know, physical, your physical health. Am I the, do I have the vitality and the energy and the fitness that I want or do I, do I not? And do I have eating habits and workout habits that are going to get me there? Or are they going to take me away from it? And I think you can kind of take that test and kind of track it over those categories. So, you know, kind of a broad stroke answer to an easy question or kind of a more simple question, but I think it's, for me, that, that's how I think about success is progress and growth. Then am I growing and am I progressing? Am I getting a little bit better every single day? And I've found over time that, you know, a little bit of effort every day turns into big outcomes down the road. Well, I, I absolutely love uh, those answers for a lot of reasons. I want to talk about a couple of them here. One of, um, one of those being what you just barely discussed, and it's this whole idea that consistency compounds right over time. And there's no individual that can, you know, slap a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger on their wall and say, Hey man, I'm going to go to the gym and just work out for, you know, 72 hours straight. And I'm going to come out of those doors looking like that, you know, that guy it's, it's going to the gym every single day, uh, doing it when you don't want to do it. And when that motivation fades away, you replace it with discipline because you have this image in your mind of what you want to accomplish. Because I mean, yep. let's face it as right. Like as entrepreneurs, there's times when you feel absolutely stoked to do something. You feel very, very passionate about it. You're, you're uh, looking forward to it. And then there's other times where you just feel absolutely beat. And those are the exact times where you have to keep moving and pushing through those plateaus and walls instead of just being like, all right, I, 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 I'm, I'm folding. Here. And I think that's kind of the differentiating factor between individuals that find success the way that you have and those that, uh, that, that don't. 
Right. And when I look at your experience, I know you were one of the very, very best sales reps that Vivint originally had in its early in its early days. And I would imagine for you, um, because you said in your first answer to the question was that you have this kind of this fire to accomplish your potential. Um, And what I would love to learn from you is where did that fire come from? And also on those those days that you were knocking doors, you know, in the hot sun where it all began for you. I'm sure a lot of that experience kind of rolls over and translates to what you've been able to accomplish now as far as the character that, that, that's been built. Is that the case? Um, yeah. So uh, maybe to clarify kind of on questions or, or, you know, that kind of a broad question, but what, what, what specifically are you asking on that? Yeah, I guess uh, let, let's start with the, the first one. Where did the fire come from or where does it come from today to, to uh, do what you do? And then question number two is, have you found that the experience that you began with at Vivint has rolled over into your current experience? Uh, so, so, you know, on both those questions, the, for, for me, the fire, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of ways to define that, but one, one of them is just vision or kind of a, a vision for your life or even just standards. What are, what are your standards? And I think a lot of us, we, you know, we, we actually don't recalibrate those. A lot of those, they're just learned from a young age and, and we have them, we have these, we, these beliefs and, you know, a lot of them are, they don't serve us very well. They're self-limiting, you know what I mean? And so I, I think, you know, for me, the, the, where I've leveled up personally is when I've been able to really do an autopsy on my beliefs in different categories and, and to rewrite the software, you know, and to, to be able to, kind of raise my personal standards in different categories in my life. And, and I, I'm actually very deliberate of it. You know, I, the, the podcast that you're doing that if you're, if you're not successful in 2022, you're irresponsible because of the tools and the resources and the education and the, it's just all around us in every direction. You know, you have category experts on every field of expertise and that you can get access to instantly on your phone, you know, on your iTunes, we, we just have access. And so, so much would just has to do with when, when I say desire drive, it's that you actually have to care. Like you, no one cares about your life as much as you do. And you only get to live one life. And so for me, it's, you know, trying to be a good steward over it and trying to say, Hey, what do I want out of this thing? And you know, for everybody that dreams too big and fails, there's a hundred that dream way too small and get what they sought out to go get, you know? So I try to err on the side of, I'm going to, I'm going to send it. I'm going to dream as big as I can dream and kind of cast the ideal in these aspects. And if I miss it, I miss it trying, you know, I, but I'm not going to go too small. And I think that served me well going, going to the second question of, you know, have, have the, the habits and skills and the things that I learned doing door-to-door sales has that translated? And I just say, I don't know of anything that I could have done that translates more to being an entrepreneur, being a strategist, being somebody that creates opportunity and wealth and, you know, then doing door-to-door sales, you know, by definition, you're 100% commission based. And you learn these skills, you learn how to communicate, you learn how to persuade, you learn how to be disciplined, you learn how to work a schedule, you le- need to, you learn how to work through failure. 
And, and I think just that lesson of learning how to deal with no and deal with rejection in a positive light, um, you know, has just served me so well. I'm not, I'm not scared to make mistakes. I actually embrace mistakes as part of the process. And I think that impedes people. They're so terrified not to be perfect at it. And, it, and it's just a, it's an erroneous paradigm. Like by definition, you're going to suck before you get good. And people don't want to not be excellent. And you're just not excellent. There's a handful of things that you're excellent at. But most of them, you got to work hard at them to go be good. So anyway, yeah, it's Trent. Everything that I do from, you know, investing in business to, you know, my, my main business right now that I work in is a, a private investment firm called Sandlot. And we, you know, if I'm spending my time properly, it's spending my time with a high net worth or a family office, building a relationship to communicate and persuade them that, you know, we're a reliable, trusted, long-term partner to do business with, or I'm spending time with the founder of a company um, and trying to convince them for why they should let us buy a piece of the company. And both of those are just knocking doors. They're just sales. It's building relationship. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's the exact skills that I spent so many years doing in the hot sun that now I'm not doing it in the hot sun, but it's the same job. I love those answers uh, so much. I, I was taking some some notes over here and just learning a ton from you um, and the experiences that you've shared. But what what I love so much about your experience case is that uh, you know there's there's people who uh, want everything for nothing. You know, there's this idea if you were to go into a room with a thousand people and you were just to ask individuals in that room, hey, who in here wants to make over a hundred grand in a month? You know. And, Every single person would raise their hands. All a thousand people would want to do that. But very, very few, a small, small, small percentage of those individuals are going to be willing to put in the work and the effort to do it because it's not just an idea. Ideas feel good, you know, but it's the action behind those ideas that allows individuals to execute and accomplish their goals and reach their potential. And when I look at your experience, I just think this is the coolest thing because this this incredible individual has had ideas. And instead of saying, yeah, I mean, that's a great idea. Somebody should do that. Or maybe I should get to that at some point. It's there's a great idea. I'm doing it now, right? I'm going to act on it. And you're disciplined enough because of your experiences in life to be able to execute. And I think that's really what uh, differentiates uh, successful entrepreneurs from those that that uh, just don't get to where they want to go. Um, and I think I'll say, I think the saddest word in the English language is the word almost. Because everyone, like you said, I love this idea of in 2022, you said it's, it's, it's irresponsible of you not to do well in 2022. And I agree. And it's because there's so many tools, so many resources, so many great people who have the ability to help, you know, and people just need to be willing to open their minds, learn and, uh, and act. Um, I wanted to go back to another idea that you illustrated here that I really appreciated a lot. And it's this idea that uh, our, our standards that are kind of engraved into us and programmed into us at a young age, they, they need to change. They need to evolve and adapt. They need to be reprogrammed. I love you. You said uh, we need to kind of reprogram the software. And I think mindset is one of the foundational um, kind of catalysts for, for people to change. 
right? And, and to move towards action. I, I've got a couple other questions here for you that I was writing down in, in notes, but I want to expound real quick on this. What role has has mindset played for you in, in uh, getting to where you're at, Case? Uh, I mean, all, all of us have a mindset, you know, all, all of us have kind of a game plan and, you know, in every stage of life, it, it's just some people spend more time on it than others. You know, the, the people that you're not going to like fall into a, a great marriage or like fall into financial independence or fall into a great business, like fall into peak physical, you know, condition for your body it's like those things they've, they've got to be deliberate you have to live a deliberate life you know and, and my mindset's the starting point it, it, it's kind of taking time to really assess who am I like what what is my identity what are my standards you know what <laughs> at my core because all of us screw stuff up every single day all of us deviate from our standards but having home base, having something that just says, this is who I am, when we get off track, it brings us back to home base. And and I think for a lot of us, our standards are just too low. We 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 don't, you know, I, I you know, person of faith, and I just think, you know, God put us on this earth to do great things. And and I I I just I, I really think that, you know, we don't see ourselves as great as we need to be. And so that, that drives me when you talk about passion or purpose or meaning, you know, something that drives me is, you know, I want to, I want to be a force for good and a force for God. And I, I want to be a difference in the world. I want to be something that just makes an impact on people's lives. And, you know, that it gives me fulfillment. It, it, it kind of checks the boxes for me as far as why I'm here you know, whether that's being a good husband or being a good dad or, you know, being a mentor, or being a, you know, being an example, like you, you, you're never going to inspire anybody if you're not doing the thing that they want to go do. You're just not, you can't talk your way into inspiration. People are inspired when they see you doing something that they aspire to go do, and then they're influenced by it, you know? And so you got to be modeling it. You got to be leading the way personally, if you ever want to have influence. Those are exceptional thoughts, um, and I love that. And you're certainly that person uh, that you just described. I know there are countless people that look up to you because of you modeling the behavior that you're describing. You know, they look at you as a coach, as a leader, as a mentor, and I think that's a tribute to you, Case, honestly, and what you've been able to accomplish. I think people follow you because of the life you've chosen to live, right? This this life of discipline and accomplishment and um, there's obviously things that you're doing to be able to get what you want. And I want to talk a little bit. I think one of my favorite things I've been most excited uh, to hear from you about this week is um, you, you are meticulous about planning, um, which I think is very important. I notice, uh, you know, you, you on Sunday evenings, you take time consciously to sit down and uh, plan out your week. And I would love for listeners to be able to learn what that process looks like, what questions you're asking yourself, you know, if you're planning each day in the week or what, what does that weekly planning session look like? So I, I can give you a high level. Um, honestly, this is, you know, if there's any kind of one habit that I have that's added more quality of life than any other habit, it's taken a couple hours on Sunday. And, you know, so that, that session, you know, 
you said nighttime, but it, it's always in the morning and it's always early in the morning. You know, I, I've got five kids. And if I don't get started at 5.30 or 6 a.m. on Sunday, the house kind of explodes and I just don't have the right time to be able to put it together. So I've got to get up early on Sunday. Um, and I love those hours. You know, people think about a Sunday and they're like, oh, man, can't wait to sleep in and just kind of soak up some extra sleep. And I'm the opposite. I, I cannot wait to get up early, you know, and so I'll, I'll get up early. I'll meditate. Um I've got a little ritual that I do from a meditation standpoint. Um, and then I'll go. What through. is that? If you don't mind sharing, what is that? What is that uh, ritual? I, kind I, of I, mean, like? I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan, so I can send you the link, but it's a Tony Robbins priming um, meditation that he does. And it, it, it goes through a couple of things. It goes through gratitude. So you go, you know, do a breathing exercise and then you go through and kind of really experience a couple of things that you're grateful for. Then you go through and you, you think about, you know, people in your life that you care about that, you know, you want to send love to and have them heal. And, you know, you kind of breathe in good energy and good thoughts and, and you breathe out any negativity or doubt or fear and, you know, breathe in that certainty. And, and then I'll go through kind of three specific goals or outcomes and you, you step into them as if they're finished as if they're done and you get to celebrate them and you just really go visualize you know you take olympic athletes and you take some of these people that perform at the highest level and that visualization is something that's so consistent you know our, our minds are so strong and you can actually experience things before you experience them we actually all of us do this you know the we will go in and we'll visualize what christmas is like as a little kid and that's what gets us so excited about it and then when we actually get to live it it's fantastic, but satisfied needs don't motivate. So much of the drive comes through that process of anticipating. So if you can just get really clear and really experience those big goals that you want, it, it's amazing how over time, it's as if they're already done, they're finished. And you're not hoping they're going to happen. They're, they're, they're accomplished. And then it's got a couple of other little things. I'll go through, you know, some, some memories or experiences that I'm proud of, you know, some times where I was great, where I stepped up and I performed at my highest level. I'll go through spiritual experiences, you know, times where I felt connected with God and where I, you know, felt, you know, like I was, you know, in line with kind of who I needed to be. I go through, yeah, and just kind of a, a couple of these different things that, you know, I'm always in the right mind space when I get done with that process. A real quick process takes 10 minutes. Um, and then I'll, um, I've got a journal and I'll write a one page summary of the previous week. I've done this for close to 20 years now. And so I could go back any, any year, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, pick the week and I'll have a summary of what I was thinking about that week and what I accomplished. And um, it, it's so amazing because I'll go back 15 years and I'm like, that's what was big to me at that point. And it's stuff that seems so small to me today, but that was as big as I could dream. That was as big as I could look. And I was doing the best that I could, you know, at that moment. And it, it kind of, you know, it gives me perspective. So I'll, I'll usually I'll go back a year or two years, the same dates and I'll reread what I was thinking about. And it gives me perspective and also shows that I'm growing. And then I'll read the previous week or the previous two or three weeks. And, you know, something that I've learned about myself, and I think this is a human principle, is that we're not very aware of what's actually happening in our lives. And so it, it, it creates, it just reminds me of what's actually happening and what I'm accomplishing. Then I'll do a one-page summary. I'll, I'll list out three questions 
and I'll, I'll answer them with 20 answers. Uh, the first one is who am I? And I'll list out kind of when I'm at my best, who am I? What's my identity? And the, the reason that I do this is kind of what we talked about earlier. It's to go rewrite that software. It's saying, you know, I'm, I'm abundant. I'm financially independent. I'm a sub 10 handicap golfer. I'm, and go through kind of these ideals. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a world-class husband. I'm, I'm a, I'm creative. I'm playful. You know, it's, it's going through kind of these character traits or these ideals that I'm saying when, when I think about myself, this is who I am to my core. Um, and then I'll list out a second question, which is what gets me excited. And it's amazing how, you know, when you talk about, Hey, you know, what drives you or what gets you going? Just answering that question, just thinking about your goals, gets you fired up. You know, and, and what we don't realize is, you know, satisfied needs don't motivate, you know, you shouldn't sit at the table of success for too long. You know, you, once you hit a goal, it's kind of over. And so you have to have 10, 20, 30, 50, 70 things that just absolutely light you on fire. And so I have stuff as simple as I can't wait to go on a hunt. And I visualize this hunt that I'm going to go on or a fishing trip or a golf course I'm going to go play or a deal that I'm working on or a date that I'm going to go on with my wife, a special date or a trip my family's going to go on. Just thinking about the things that get me excited. I just, I'm lit up. I'm just a, I'm a ball of fire when I finish that process. And then the last one is what are my biggest opportunities? Um, and Peter Drucker, he's kind of a, you know, real famous management. He's kind of the, the father of man, modern management theory. He's written over 50 books, passed away re recently, but one of his books is called The Effective Executive. Real famous book. And, and in that, he, he talks about the effective executives. They spend their time on opportunities and they starve problems. And I think for a lot of us in our lives, we spend the majority of our best effort on problems versus the majority of our best effort, effort on opportunities. So I try to really identify in my life, what are my biggest opportunities and how do I go put my best effort into those opportunities versus get my time swallowed up in problems. Um, and then to cap it off, I'll just, you know, I've got um, the categories in my life that matter, the, the hats that I wear, both personally and professionally, and I'll list them out. And then I'll set goals in each one of those categories. And so I'll, I'll do two or three goals in each one of those categories. And the principle behind it is the Pareto principle. It's, it's the 20% of your effort will give you 80% of your results. And so I know if, if as a dad, you know, what are the two things as a dad that if I do these this week will give me the biggest, biggest bang for my buck as a husband, what are the two or three things as a, you know, as an athlete, what are the two or three things as a scholar? What are the two or three things I've got kind of my personal categories and I've got my professional categories as a, you know, partner at Sandlot. What are the two or three things, my personal family office, my investments, what are the two or three things, you know, as a, you know, disciple of Christ, what are the two or three things? And I've, I've got these categories and then I've, I'll have kind of those big rocks. And what I found is if I can just identify them and put them in my schedule, I can screw up so much stuff in that week and still have kind of a wildly effective week. If I just get that 20%, you know, you can waste 50% of your time, complete waste playing Xbox, you know, 
just burning hours and still be wildly effective if you get that 20% and actually execute on it. And so that, you know, it's a way for me to make sure that the most important things in my life are in my schedule that I've identified them. And then, you know, the following week, I'll, I'll look at the schedule that I made and I'll just do a review. How did I do as a dad, as a father, as an athlete, as a scholar, as a business owner, as an investor, and I'll just write a little summary and kind of list off all the stuff that I did well, where I can get better. And that's, it's a habit or a process that's allowed me to have continuous improvement in my life. Um, so anyway, that, that, that's my process. It's taken me 20 years to, to figure it out. And that's what it is. Man, I, uh, I'm going to be listening to this again and again and again. This was so meaningful case. Seriously, man. Thanks a lot. I want to kind of unpack a couple of things that you just went over because all of that, I'm just, I'm just scratching down uh, notes over here, learning from you. I, it sounds like, um, I think we're similar this way. I, you know, I've tried waking up like super, super early. Um, and I didn't find that extra effective. And then I've tried waking up a little bit later to see if that affected pro- productivity and that didn't help. And I, I found like you mornings are, they're a gift. I mean, they're, and they're just calm and there's, there's something about them um, that's special, and it's probably because it, they they require discipline to enjoy, right? Our bodies want to hunker down in bed and relax, but there is something special about the just what, what mornings bring. And so I I thought that was really interesting, just kind of unpacking your weekly planning session here. I've always wondered about it. This was so fun to be able to hear. Um, because on Sundays, yeah, you're right. I think a lot of people are like, this is the day I get to sleep in, you know, um, I get to kind of take a breather. And it's it's really, really cool that you're waking up early and you're you're taking that time. That was a misconception I had that you had done it in the evening. It's it's really cool that you're doing that bright and early in the morning where you can just well, uh, and reflect. I, and I, and I, well, and I'll, I'll touch on that point, you know, please. Yeah, all, please. Well, all of us as people, we have a fixed amount of energy that we have during the day. And when we wake up in the morning, that's when kind of we have our best energy. You know, it's when we just got a full night's sleep. You know, for me, I'll go get some caffeine, you know, something that kind of like gets me out of bed in the morning. And that's kind of when I've got my best energy. Where at night, there's a lot of times where I'm smoked. Mentally, I've just, you know, been working on stuff. I've been trying to serve people. I've been trying to, you know, whatever it is. And come nighttime, I'm tired. And the last thing that I want to do is when I'm tired, go try to, you know, focus on really deep, meaningful things in my life. Cause I'm just not going to get kind of my best. So timing for me is really, really important when I do these rit- rituals or habits. And what I found is just those morning hours. That's when I can get into this flow state. I can get into this spot where I'm just creative at kind of my highest levels and come up with ideas. And, you know, I just get, I just get lit up, you know, if I can go through that process in the mornings. I I really, really like that a lot. And it sounds like, um, just kind of unpacking this routine a little bit more, because I, I, I really believe that the individuals that are listening to this show are going to, receive so much value from understanding this process because you've been able to get where you are now from doing this, it sounds like for the past 20-ish, give or so years. 
and, and you've perfected it over that time. And it sounds like, so the morning is a big piece of that. And then what, what I love um, about what you shared is, uh, and, and something people push aside, unfortunately, which I, I wish they wouldn't, but it's getting in the right frame of mind, right? Putting your, your brain where I think the most meaningful asset anyone can invest in is, is their mind. Um, and, and so people are wanting to buy all kinds of assets before they build uh, the most important one right between their ears. And I think your, your uh, practice of, um, you know, going through this meditation with, with uh, I'm, I'm looking that up, that priming exercise. It sounds great from Tony Robbins. Uh, and it sounds like it kind of future paces your mind into where you want to be and, and gets you in a state of uh, really reflecting on what that week should look like. And then it sounds like from there you're going to those those three questions, which I thought was really great. I, I want to start this in my own life too. The the who am I, you know, what gets me excited, and uh, what are my biggest opportunities. Um, and writing, it sounds like you're writing things down to those, right? Along with that one yeah, page summary. I, I, I'm, 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 you know, I, I've done it different stuff. I've list them off in my phone. For me, you know, now I I have a home office with you know kind of these big glass whiteboards, and I'll for me, it, it helps me writing them down and it helps me visualize them, you know? And so I think, again, it's a process. It's taken me 20 years to go tweak it and, you know, make it customized to me. Um, but it served me so well. Like I, I can't overstate how life-changing it's been because it's a habit or a ritual. You know, you think about this natural cycle of the new year, and kind of across the board, there's 7 billion people that get to go experience this event. And it's kind of this excuse to be your best again. It's like looking back at the last year and saying, you know what? These are the things I did well. This is stuff I didn't do well. I'm going to recommit to go be my best for this new year. And I think it's beautiful. Like, I think it's, you know, it's kind of this real exciting time. The sad part about it is it happens once a year. And, and so, you know, for me, I want to have that New Year's experience weekly. I want to have it 52 times a year. And I think the week, the, the, the unit of a week matters so much. You know, you think about professional sports and specifically like football. And they play on a weekly basis. And then what do you do after the game? You go back and you watch film and you do an autopsy of kind of what you did well and what you didn't do well and you go make those adjustments and then you figure out who you're playing and you go watch film and then you go to put a game plan for how to go execute the next week and then you go play the game and that's kind of the same process which is you know you're kind of reviewing the game film and doing a summary of the game film the good the bad and the ugly and trying to be honest with yourself and then looking forward to the next week and what you have coming up and putting together the very best strategy you can think up and then you go play the game, you know, and it, but that week matters a lot. And if you miss a week or two weeks or three weeks, it just feels like my productivity level. I honestly, I don't miss a week just because it matters that much to me. Like I'll, I, I don't miss ever because of that, just because I, I need to regroup and I need to refocus and recommit. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I really like that idea of uh, kind of gauging uh, this this uh, accountability to yourself in that time frame of a week. How much of that planning that you're doing on Sundays spills over 
into each weekday? Do you sit down every night during the week and plan out the next day as well? Or is it more like, hey, I'm going really hard on Sunday for a couple hours and that's kind of primarily where I'm going to be doing most of my planning, right? So, or, or are you- well, so for, you know, again, it, I, I almost do my, like, I wake up early every morning now and meditate every morning and write those three questions every morning. So now it's just actually a part of my process. Um, but as far as like spending a ton of time planning my day, I don't that much. It's kind of, you know, I've got my big rocks and my schedule and just make sure that I've kind of getting done when I need to get done. But I, if I put in the right effort on the front end, I don't need to think a whole lot about it during the week. I kind of can travel with confidence knowing that I've got my most important stuff in my schedule. But I do at this point, I wake up early every day and do those questions every day and meditate every day just because it makes me happy. Like I've found that, you know, if I can go do some personal meditation and then I go get a good workout, I'm like, it really doesn't matter what happens with the rest of my day. It was pretty, you know, if I woke up early, meditated, got a good workout, I can screw up the entire rest of the day and still look back and say, that was a pretty good day. You know, I at least, at least got a workout and felt good and got my emotion, you know, got my endorphins going. And so just mornings matter a lot, (laughs) but it wasn't always this way, you know, it, you know, it's kind of life is an art, you know, you have that art of fulfillment. that's different for all of us. You know, some people are morning people, some people are night people, and it's just making sure that you get kind of what, what works for you. But those are the ingredients. So those are principles that I'm operating off of. Man, this is great. Um, I'm loving this, man. I, I, I'll only take about 10 more minutes of, of your time, but this has been, I mean, absolutely exceptional. A couple other questions I thought uh, that you just discussed um, that were interesting. We'll, we'll kind of close up this weekly planning subject and move on to something in just one second. But I was, uh, I, I wanted to know um, with those three questions on a daily basis, you say you're waking up early and, and writing those down every single day. Do you take time to record your thoughts on each of those questions every day? Are they more just, I, I write them down and I think about them, right? I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself in a place to get my mind right. Or are you actually, you know, scribbling something down in your journal on a daily basis? I, I'm, I'm not, I don't journal daily. You know, my journal happens once a week. Um, I do write down the answers to these questions and I never reference previous lists. So I want that. I want this to come from my soul. I want this to come from deep down, you know, and, and for me, like, I, I, I don't know if it's science or if it's just a belief that I have, but I have this kind of belief that if I can like tattoo this stuff on my subconscious mind, if like you were to wake me up at 2 AM and I could just list off, Hey, this is who I am as a person, you know, and this is what my biggest opportunities are. And these are the 50 things that get me excited. That's when I know it's like, when I'm not thinking about anything, I'm thinking about this stuff. Like I'm moving towards it. I'm just, I'm moving in that direction. And that's what I want. You know, I don't want foggy. I don't want foggy goals. I want crystal clear, specific goals. And I, and I want opinions on stuff. I, I, I need to be able to answer. I like blue better than I like red. Like, yes, I, this is because in life, you know, you're going to have opportunities that pop up 
And if you know exactly what you want, you can make bold, quick decisions and act because you've already like you prep for this. You're just waiting for this thing to land in your lap. And I've seen this a lot with business where I've been able to act really, really quickly on opportunities because I know what I'm looking for. Where I think when people aren't clear with what they want, an opportunity shows up and they don't know if it's a good opportunity or a bad opportunity or, you know, even what they're looking for because they haven't decided what they want. And so it's kind of that Alice in Wonderland, you know, she's going, she sees the Cheshire cat and she's trying to get to a certain spot and you ask her where she wants to go. And she says, you know, I don't know. It's like, well, either road will do. You know, if you don't know, just pick one because uh, it doesn't matter. But if you have an opinion, the road actually matters. And so, you know, especially on the stuff that matters, there's a lot of stuff I could give, I, I could care less about, you know, there's a lot of stuff I don't have an opinion on and either road will do, but I, I want to make sure that I have an opinion on the stuff that, that you know, I've, I've decided matters in my life. Those are incredible points. Yeah, Randy and uh, Randy Garner and I were chatting about those exact same things yesterday with Alice in Wonderland and the cat and getting real clear, granular about what you want. So Case, thank you, man. This is awesome. Maybe last question here, and I think it's important before I let you go, is um, this idea that you mentioned earlier, I wanted to get back to it because you explained that, you know, failure is an important aspect of success. And I think people's pride gets in the way of them getting what they want because they're afraid of looking foolish, right, in front of other people. They know that there's a pathway to all of these opportunities, but they're afraid of what other people are going to think or say about them. And so they say, I don't want to fail. You know, I don't want to do something that's going to, you know, cause other people to think poorly of me or think that I've messed up and I'm afraid of what I'll think of me, right? These these things that kind of uh, uh, inhibit people from accomplishing their goals. And I just believe that failure is so important. I think it's a ginormous stepping stone. They're stepping stones, plural, to, to people's, you know, pathway to success. Can you talk about that for just a second? Yeah, I mean, it's like you just need to make sure that you think about that particular problem accurately. You know, all of us have paradigms or views about the world and failure is one that, you know, we have views or opinions on and we probably haven't spent too much time thinking about it. But I, what I do know is people are going to live very, very small lives if fear dictates their decisions. You're just going to kind of get put into a little corner where you don't have a whole lot of decisions. You know, if, if you want safety, go to prison. You know, you get you got doors and you got meals and, you know, you have security. You know, if you're going to get out and be a gladiator in the real world, like you're going to have tremendous uncertainty in your life. And, and so you, you just have to get really, really, really comfortable and embrace the journey and with the journey comes failures and so i think it's having this for me a couple of like philosophical beliefs matter a lot and the first one's this ten thousand hour principle or the law of the farm just understanding that life is a farm you know it's the there's times and there's seasons and you have to plant in the spring and you've got to work in the in the summer to go sow in the fall. And if you skip any of that sequence, you're just not going to get a harvest. And, you know, understanding that every aspect of my life is a farm and there's a sequence and it takes real time and effort and you got to do work every single day. Um, and, and then the second one uh, is trying to find examples of people that inspire me 
you think think about a movie think think about you you go to a movie and the movie is you know this beautiful girl or this beautiful guy has everything given to them and then they show up and they get the perfect grades and then they get the job they want then everything works out with their career and they do that over and over and over and then the movie's over and how many tickets does that sell it doesn't sell any um, because that's not life. Like what sells is the hero's journey that we start out, we have this vision and then we get crushed and you go all the way down to kind of the brink of failure. And then there's this decision of, do I move forward or do I quit? And you rise up and you, you decide to move forward and then you go accomplish the thing. And that every movie that we're inspired with has that story. It has that hero's journey. And so, you know, for ourselves, we just got to understand that all of us, you know, are going to kind of live that hero's journey. And we have the opportunity to kind of be the hero in our story. And, you know, so anyway, kind of getting a, a bit broad on it. But and going back to your very, very first question, I'm so grateful for my years of working in door to door sales because in the most raw, way I was able to develop really strong emotional muscles and deal with rejection to the point where it doesn't bother me. Like when I get rejected, I, I move on to the next opportunity and the next opportunity. And I just have this mindset that I'm going to keep going until I accomplish what I want to go, that I'll never quit. And I, I think I've learned that over time. Um, but it's essential. Anybody that's a high achiever, they get very, very comfortable with a lot of failure. One, one last quote, uh, one, one of my favorite authors is a guy named Tom Peters. And, and he has a quote, um, he wrote, you know, in search of excellence and the excellence dividend, he's been real famous management consultant for over 40 years. But he, he says the person, who's, person or team that screws the most stuff up wins, the person that tries the most stuff wins. And so you just, you have to have this mentality that, you know, you fell fast, fell, fell quick, fell cheap, then you iterate. So anyway. Case, this has been, I think uh, I've had a lot of wonderful guests on this show, people that I love and look up to. And this has been um, easily one of my very favorite episodes because of you and your experience. So thank you. Uh, a couple recommended readings uh, from what you've talked about today. I want to share with the the group. I think uh, the Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz would be a wonderful book for the listeners to, you know, pick up and dive into. Another great book would probably be Atlas Shrugged. Um, that one's a great book for people to look into as far as the law of the farm, right? And things just don't pop up out of nowhere. Um, Atlas Shrugged is a great book about setting goals, getting what you want, and this law of the harvest. You got to work to be able to get those things. And I think that's a uh, Super important. So Casey, thank you so much. Um, I, I'm so thankful for you, man. I really, really appreciate you being on the show today. No, and th thank you for having me. It's been an honor. And, you know, I'm cheering for you and your podcast and your success and continuing to grow it. And, you know, yeah, th th thanks for thinking of me and thanks for having me. Of course, brother. It's truly, truly my pleasure to have you here. Thanks so much, Case. All right, brother. We'll see you. Hey, we'll see you, man.